Hey, Hada, why am I glowing? Also, what's happening in Melee? It's great to have you back on. This is our third iteration. This is take number three. Well, take number six. It doesn't matter. It's so cool to have you back on again. How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm growing the beard out. So if you guys want to do me a favor and just do like a beard graph throughout all of our episodes, I'd love to see the progress. I really haven't been keeping too much, but I think I'm going to do some maintenance at some point soon, but I'm definitely looking to bush it out a little bit. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's a snowstorm going on. That's all right. Uh, set up my cat tree. So breakfast snuck and chill over there. So that's cool. Working, uh, playing volleyball, and we got some pretty cool news this week. We uh, had God of the Mod again come back. I actually love shelling some light out to the P-plus community. So Sosa versus Lucky. Yes, you are correct. That is Lucky Aldama, Joey. Joseph Aldama, the fox main from SoCal, a.k.a. Mango's friend. Uh, game 9 set against Sosa. Actually, SoCal rivals in the PM scene, so 3.6 scene. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil it quite yet. You're just going to have to catch out, and we're not supposed to talk about that in the rest of the episode. But also, we have uh, Moki's video, which uh, shook, the Twitter, which, uh, shook up the Twitterverse uh, today recently um which uh, is melee dying and i feel like we uh talk about that every every few months but we'll get to that <laughs> of course and finally the cream the creme de la creme smash world tour 2022 announcing a lot of crucial information and of course big tournaments popping up left right and center throughout this course of this week being like hey we're partnering with smash world tour hey we're partnering with smash world tour we're a platinum event we're a gold event we're a silver event here's why you should come to blank city and play some smash and i'm like i'm about it man let's get after it so what do you think what should, what should we tackle first let's start off with this is a great this is a great lead-in because moki making a video about is melee dying less than 24 hours to the announcement of smash world tour 2022 now of course i have to guess he may have it might have slipped his notice that there was going to be a big announcement the same day that this video comes out because they announced it, I want to say over the weekend. Hey, you know, you should st you should tune into VGBC Bootcamp and check out the announcement that we have for Smash World Tour 2022. By the way, I just want to say I wore my this <clears throat> from 2020, the the dead year. I did. Ooh, I got this. That's shirt. a relic. Someone's gonna someone's gonna buy that from you for like three hundred dollars one day. No, no, they won't it's because Smash I've World worn Tour it a bunch. that never happened. The Smash World <laughs> Tour that never happened. It is yep. a piece of history. Well, anyway, this video that Moki made, where he's talking about overall, in his mind, there's not enough storylines happening in Melee right now. He doesn't like how a lot of Smash Melee players, in particular, have the whole idea of sub-goaling for tournaments. He doesn't like how a lot of players are avoiding playing in any event online because of the lack of rankings. And he doesn't like the fact that we're doing lack of online consideration results to the rankings for PG stats. He says, why not do why not do the blur rank instead? We should just adopt that as our as our ranking, which I don't know how serious he was with that take, but all these are these are all points that Moki's making. And of course, I will say this to start off. I don't want to make this sound like I want to pick apart everything he has to say. I like a lot of what Moki has to say, and I respect him as a player. Let's just get that out of the way. That being said. I think the thing that I want to pick apart the most is just the the disconnect of, ooh, about four hours later, Smash World Tour announces all of these events that, assuming the 
pandemic continues to subside in terms of more people being vaccinated, boosted, and then the newest patches of the vaccination rolling out in the future, that we're going to be able to have all these events happening, right? Of course, Loki could be right. Maybe they'll all go by the wayside, but that the part that part to me is probably the funniest. What was your impressions of the video, Hada? You know, I you know, being a part of the competitive scene for the last you know seven, eight, nine years, however long I've been playing melee, um, I've I've seen many of these conversations come and go. Um, whether that be, you know, oh my god, Hbox is killing Melee, like Jigglypuff mains are going to rule the world, or no one can beat Armada, so what's the point of even trying, or um, the pandemic rolled around, delay-based netcode sucks, we're never going to be able to play Melee again, no one's going to want to play Melee again. Oh, now that we have online, and online's good, now we're going through the problem of top players don't want to play, so the upper mid, upper high-level players don't want to play because they can't get top 10 top 15 top 30 wins and and if they don't want to play you know what's the point of even competing for ranking and competing to get like that high notoriety so we can get those sponsorships so we can keep doing this as a career and keep making this a livable atmosphere and i think there is a lot of credit to that main point that moki was making is um it's really silly and it also goes back to a huge ranking debacle that we've had for a long time is do locals count do weeklies count do online tournaments count and because it has a lot of variability. It has a lot of unforeseen factors that can go into play. Whereas if you're a top 10, top 15 level player, your losses count a hundred times more than your wins do at those events. When you're seated to win that event, if you're an IBDW signing up for training mode Tuesday uh, or training mode tournaments, and you're the top three player in the world and everyone just wants a Cody win, and you're seated to win it. So if you win the event, you met the you met the goal. You don't really get any props for it per se. Yeah, you get a little bit of cash along the way by the way of FlyQuest, but you're not necessarily going super high up in the ranking ladder. It's like, oh, when we're deciding whether Cody goes above Zane or Zane goes above Cody in the top three rankings this upcoming year, no one's gonna care that he won training mode Tuesday number thirty nine. But no one care gonna, that, that he lost training mode. Tuesday 39 too. That's what I want to know when they compare to Zane. Like, why does that That's matter? That's the difference maker. Exactly. Right. That's the difference maker in the previous cases of the, those upper echelons of ranking. It's like a huge proponent of this was Zamu. Zamu, when he got ranked, you know, 45th or 35th or something in the last official top 100 rank, yeah, he won a tournament in Europe, double eliminating Trefasia and beating Prof, Frenzy, Levingly and a bunch of other sick players to double eliminate one of the top 10 players in the world at the time to win a tournament from an American moving over to European soil. But yeah. then it's like, oh, he lost to Faust. He lost to Travioli. He lost to, to Blendtec or whatever at a weekly. And they're like, yeah, well, what's the point of giving Zamu such a high ranking if he's just going to lose to Joe Schmo, whoever? But that's because Zamu went to all those locals. Zamu went to all those little regionals, those little monthlies. And so he put himself at the vulnerability to get upset. But it also shows to the factor of he has those high peaks, but he has those low valleys, but those low valleys mean a lot more. And it really dissuades those super high level players to put themselves out there to actually go to those lower tiered events. Cause it's like, okay, well, if I win, I get $23 and I can go to IHOP and get a stack of pancakes. But if I lose, I'm not going to be top hundred. You know, like if you're one of those like super powerful regional players 
that's trying to make that top 100 list for the first time. It's like, oh, yeah, you have a win over Bladewise. You have a win over Far. You have a win over Eddie Mexico. But then you lost to Punani Slayer 69 at uh, Greenwood Village local number 247. You know, I don't think a two a top 100 level player will lose to someone like that. It's like, that's a huge deal. You know what I mean? So it's like, we need to stop punishing players for going to these lower tiered events because that's what holds up the scene and that's what encourages players to go to the higher tiered, higher uh, quality events that actually have a lot of say in the matter of when it comes to the ranking season. Let's reward the top level players that go and support the scene and not punish them for losing to napkins once. That's Axe. Like Axe had losses to Ty, Taj, um, Meds, and Napkins, but he was still, you know, top 10 in the world. And people were making that as a conversation of why he shouldn't have been top, top 10 in the world, even though he was getting top threes at majors, left, right, and center. So it's a silly conversation. And I think uh, IBDW coming out on Twitter and being like, dude, I'm going to start entering three, four tournaments a week. And I encourage everyone else to do so. And I think Moki made a good point. It's like he himself, especially because he couldn't go to those um, in-person majors, that it really wasn't in his best interest to only lose to some Joe Schmoes on the online era because then everyone's going to think he's super watched and not going to take him seriously. Yeah, so with the Moki message being also that sub-goaling tournaments is tough on the community because top players should be able to afford either through their sponsor or because of their normal streaming revenue, this, that, or the third, that traveling to tournaments should already be possible. I don't know anybody's finances in the top player echelon, but it, to me, what I, what I think of when I hear Moki say something like that, it probably has come from a few different places where he's observed somebody's sub goal and either decide not to go or they make an exuberantly high number. And he says, that's just taking advantage of the community who follows you and, and puts pressure on the community to drop money at the, at the, at the drop of a hat. So what I would like to say with that is I think that when you are get to a high enough spot and you have a high enough tiered sponsor and not, and not, you know, a friend of yours who has a 10 follower esports org account on Twitter, like it, it needs to be respectful. It needs to be, it needs to be a higher tier org. Once you get to that spot, I feel like your obligation, if especially if you're full time smash is to try to get to as many of these tournaments as possible. That being said, I also understand that is an easy or a relatively easy cash grab, not to, not to try to give it a title like that uh, without being, I, I just don't want to be super mean, but I think that it's a, it's a two, it's a two faced thing. I'll just put it that way. I want players to feel like, Oh, I can't afford to go. So I'm not going to go. I want them to feel like they can go and that they have an option, which is I will do what I can through my content. And then people who want to sub goal with me or to donate goal with me, they'll give of their own volition, extra income, not forcing it, but that's just what happens sometimes. Somebody will jokingly say in Twitch chat, that was my entire paycheck, LOL, and be like, what? No, don't, what? Not that that happens all the time, but right. I I like I like the fact that Moki comes out with, a, with, a, with this video, though, overall, even if it is part of the same discourse that you've had to live through over and over again, Hada. I've only had to see this conversation like 20 times. You've seen it 100 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a really interesting spot to be put into. You know, it it just feels like I was a 
I bounced in the mango stream like 15 minutes ago before we started recording. And someone asked in the chat, Mango, is Melee dying? He's like, no, it's just in hibernation. And I'm like, dude, dude, that's so right. Because we are just a sleeping bear of a community. We go through our positions in our in our life cycle where we have to go to sleep, where we have to get some rest. And we can't just crank out Super Major after Super Major every other month. Like, that's just not feasible. And especially during the pandemic where we right. have to be very careful with scheduling, um, finding a venue, then, then, of course, making sure we can maintain it in a very safe environment. And, um, you know, that really leads us into our new huge development in Smash World Tour um, popping up just around the corner here and uh seeing tournaments like fate over in um the uk oh. now so i have a i have a cousin one of my best friends in the entire world actually lives in in england so gonna be like hey can i sleep on your couch and maybe <laughs> go tour the country a little bit and then also go to a tournament so it uh, might be my opportunity to go and see go and see some family um so that'll be really fun so i'm gonna have to go ahead and check dates and flights and all that good stuff but would love to go to my first european tournament but you know Cypher, Jesse, what do you think about this development? And uh, do you think we're a little early? Do you think we're trying to push the envelope a little too much? Or do you think how successful do you think we're going to be with uh, this new Smash World Tour 2022? I have to assume that we're operating off of the assumption, which seems to be what VGBC is operating off of. We're going to be just fine with all things pandemic. None of this is going to get derailed like it was in 2020 or 2021. That seems a little extreme, but if we operate under that, then of course this is going to go well, and no one's going to be talking about Melee or Ultimate dying six months from now after we've had, by then, a lot of really classic tournaments come through, stuff like Pound, stuff like Gommel, and then SmashCon is in August, so that's roughly six-ish months from now. Close enough. So we'll all be saying, wow, this is great. It's finally the summer of Smash. It's finally something that feels closer to normal. So... Then the question, of course, the one that is worth debating is, why would you assume all of this to happen, VGBC? How irresponsible on a scale of 1 to 10 is it for them to say, we're just going to, we are just going to blaze forward and hope that, and hope for the best. I would say the other option is allowing things to sort of just fade away and die off, not to be super doomy about it, but I think you either go for it and you try to do the best you can with what you have while respecting COVID guidelines, wearing masks, being vaccinated, all that good stuff. You could just try to do all of that at the same time. The world in a lot of different ways has moved on in, in some capacity from the pandemic, not entirely, but I think that there's a certain point where melee and smash has to jump off as well. I, don't like saying to anybody, you have to go to these tournaments. You have to do this. Anyone who doesn't feel safe doing it still, that is their right, their decision to make. I guess VGBC is just playing the other side of that card where they're saying things are starting to clear up in terms of guidelines and everything so we can start running these events again. So we are going to go do that. I, I think that I think that if if we could always be united on things, that would just be a fallacy because... Melee and Smash Ultimate, the entire Smash community can hardly ever come to a very common denominator decision. But hopefully what we'll see from all of this is exemplary, safe, guideline-following people showing up to these events and having a good time at the same at the same instance. Yeah, it's definitely uh, from someone who's used to do a lot of traveling when it came to tournaments. Um, 
it it's a bright light in the things that are to come to me um yeah i want to go to smash con i'd love to go to double down i'd love to go to you know fate i would love to go to a european event um whether or not i have that much vacation time by then we'll have to see but um it, yeah it looks like a great bit of potential and again we have to make sure we're staying health conscious we have to make sure we're keeping the community safe if it's looking a little risky, I don't want people to immediately push the envelope. If we're seeing a regression, we can't immediately be crazy about, you know, canceling events, rescheduling events. Of course, we've already rescheduled two events as of right now um, as uh, when it comes to 2022 majors, big regionals. Um, and I think that it really opens the door to a lot of other TOs and especially TOs who have manifested themselves throughout the Slippy era to kind of dip their toes and maybe run a silver a silver event because you know it's divided into silver, gold, and platinum events based on amount of attendees, notoriety, and um, sponsorship value. Yep. So you could see tos like the the people from Galant Gaming or the people from the Salt Mine or the people from Rona Rumble, the big ones, stuff like that. Um, maybe dip their toes in and start to run a big regional, and uh, maybe run a little silver event. Maybe uh, Colorado runs a runs an all chat sponsored silver smash world tour event all maybe right. the Galit runs a or it's a tournament out of canada who knows um you know i've just thinking about the amazing tos i've worked with throughout the course of the online era you know thinking of people like jade people like nathan sandwich and of course slum mdj um brandon of course you know there's lots of amazing uh, and of course deer at uh, galint gaming all these people have put in so much work on to put to keep the melee scene together through the online era i could only imagine the amount of uh, crazy potential they have if they were to run and get put their heads together for a big in-person event so if they're behind the to staff you know that i'm gonna be definitely gonna be seriously considering uh making the trip out for an event like that it's so mean because we all assume that people like homemade waffles and deer are specifically only rollback netcode era tos when they've been doing it before the pandemic started <laughs> i feel so bad so i was uh i was seeing the battle of bc4 announcement which is through gallon gaming shout outs to deer oh, yeah, you're and right. let's go deer and and leffen is making a Twitter post about something else. And then I see Deer in Leffen's mention saying, hey, remember this picture? Hey, remember Battle BC4? Maybe you want to come out to Battle of BC4? You know, Deer's doing that thing that you got to do as a TO. You got you to gotta shout out at the people. And it's a picture of Deer from like, it's, it's, it's four-ish, five-ish years ago for Battle of BC3. And it's, it's him and, and Leffen holding a big old check for first place. I'm just like, what? <laughs> of course you were doing events before the pandemic. How could that be so silly? You were doing it before the uh, pandemic. Da, 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 da. Oh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing, like you said, Brandon, aka Homeway Waffles, is already doing an in-person event deer with his big regional over in vancouver with battle bc4 and then yeah i want to see something from from i guess i think norcal is where jade is yeah they're they're in norcal so jade and uh nathan sandwich and all those homies i guess genesis would be their big project right now but mm. maybe we yeah. get to see something that's because Sheridan and Bobak are the classical people you think of as being behind Genesis. Jaden, Nathan Sandwich are helping out with that tournament, and that's really, really cool. But yeah, I want to see where... I guess Bay Area Rumble is what Nathan Sandwich is really trying to push. Yeah. So shout-outs to Bay Area Rumble. Yep. I know that should be coming up in the next couple of weeks, if I remember correctly. But I yeah, believe so. 
Yeah, I, I know that uh, Trey, the Trash Man, aka All Chat Esports, Trey the Trash Man, gonna be commentating that event. Congrats, um, congrats. Also putting in a lot of work for that, and then All Chat is helping out with the pop bonus for that tournament. So, should be a really exciting thing and a cool little way that All Chat can slip in on some West Coast events. Um, of course, we have our crazy sponsored players in um, in JFlex and Bats over on the East Coast, rocking it, getting those top eight placings, doing the doing the Lord's work, and uh, it really just now leans on the Colorado team from All Chat, myself, and uh, Slum <laughs> to start pulling our weight around here. But at least uh, getting those um, getting those Twitter mentions going. I know we're doing some work when whenever we can, but I'm really excited to see all these developments. Would love to travel more, and. Um, yeah, man, this is just a really exciting time for Melee. It feels like we're getting back to normal. And then lastly, we want to talk about P-Plus a little bit and shout-outs to Sosa and Lucky for putting on a really great show with God of the Mod. I personally haven't gotten the chance to see the set yet, but the I guess the one thing that came out of this between last week when the Doctor won second consecutive week and is now in the top eight that Mango wants to form in the future, once there's enough double in a row two times in a row winners of god of the mod it forms a top eight and then they were talking about doing it in person how cool would it be to do a big old invitational style thing where it's god of the mod winners so people like the doctor and spoiler spoiler redacted redacted all the all the players that will eventually be what if that did happen in person i think that's nothing but good things of course but I guess the question to you more more or less is you were the one who saw the set. You can either spoiler it or you can keep it spoiler free, <laughs> but you would be able to talk more about how this continues to help P plus because of course it's obvious, but where did, I guess one thing it would be if you watch a little bit more of mango stream than I do, which you do, where did mango like he plays, he plays P plus with Magi for a month or so. And then all of a sudden is doing God of the mod. How did this even happen? I just need to talk to Saber at some point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Saber also doing the Lord's work with marketing and pushing P-plus as a whole, but uh, Mango has never been shy to say that um, he does like P-plus. You know, he went to, um, what was it, one of the BAMs, which is the uh, Australian uh, Nationals back in the day, and uh, he made a pretty deep uh, P- uh, PM 3.6 run and uh, constantly says how big of a sw- how much how big of a fan he is of Switch, who is the, uh, the quote-unquote Mango of P-plus. He's a wolf main. He's just swag is all hell just so technical so <laughs> fast so creative and um and of course his best friend uh lucky was ranked one in socal for pm 3.6 over sosa the only person to ever be ranked over sosa in P- pmp plus ever in socal so um joey and sosa went back and forth back and forth back and forth for many years um one year joey getting the better of him and uh, there was some beef going into the set, so Lucky managed to weasel his way in, and everyone thought Sosa was going to wash him. But um, you know, first two games looked really dominant by the way of the Wario man. But all of a sudden, that melee technical fox, that uh, that patented you know Lowy Joe <laughs> Lucky Joey explosiveness, <laughs> um, managed to make it a really really close set. And I think uh, Joey actually three stocked in one game. Looked like an absolute monster with the runaway style fox because. Um, you know anything about P plus? Any one character can touch a death you at any time. Just a crazy punish game in that, in um, in that game specifically. But um, yeah, game nine. I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but I will let you know it goes the distance. It's game nine. An absolute 
wild ride. And guys, please go support God in the Mod. Support the P Plus community. There is um, development for rollback for P Plus currently going right now. So don't know if how far into development they are, but I, there, I did see a Twitter clip of a um, of a working like alpha version, and apparently it works. Like the the concept and the bones are there. They just have to fill it all out. Yeah. So super exciting to see how the P plus community is developing on that. And um, yeah, man. So support Mango, support Magi, support Saber, support all the the P plus development. And who knows? Maybe we'll see Mango flying out eight amazing P plus players to his house and hosting a little uh, Mango's House Summit Invitational for um, for P plus. That'd be so cool to see. I also feel like there's just a teeny little tiny bit of Mango that loves the fact that it's P plus screw you Nintendo kind of a thing. Oh, that'd be awesome. So, oh, the last, last little interesting part of Smash World Tour, just to circle back to that one more time, is that events like Genesis are not going to be part of Smash World Tour. Does that matter to you at all? Because I feel like the answer is no. There's just too much happening to be excited about with in-person events. Who cares if the the Big House 10, if that's not on Smash World Tour, who cares? Because the Big House 10 will not be part of the Smash World Tour. I feel like that doesn't really matter. I think it also gives a lot more benefit to not like the quote-unquote Super Bowls of Smash. So you think of Big House, you think of Genesis, you think of Shine, you think of Smash Con, you think of um got evo back like when that was a thing you know those mainstay events that were there every year and drew every single like if you saw the top 30 29 of those players were there like that's how incredibly important it was to make a splash at that event and i think that having those not a part of the smash world tour and having smash world tour finals be a quote-unquote super bowl style event for smash it makes those qualifier events just as important so you can get to that big dance. You know what I mean? Like you're going through like this sort of like playoff season, like accumulating these Smash World Tour points, getting enough placements, hitting that top 30 margin so you can make it to that championship Sunday, to those championship weekend. That's when it all comes to a head, and that's when we really get to see who some of the, the best players throughout the year will show their stuff. So I'm excited for the format. Um, it has a lot of potential. Um, and I'm really excited to see what VGBC does with it. All right. So that is it for us for this week of what's happening in Melee. Come on, Hada, tell us. I really appreciate you coming on for a third week. I think we're we're I think we're making this work pretty well. And I'm excited to see what happens in the next week. Whenever these announcements come out, we have to jump on it pretty hard, I feel like. But you've been very flexible, so I appreciate it. And thanks for coming on for another week. Hey, I really enjoy it every single time. I, I like putting out a good product and it's very easy to work with. So, And I love talking about Smash, man. It's literally my job. Uh, like side hustle, I guess. I'm a full-time It's job. literally your but, side yeah. hustle. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> if uh, one day I can make commentary and content creation a full-time job, that'd be cool. But not crossing my fingers on it yet, but who knows? Maybe in the future. Well, but, I mean, guys, look, there's all these kinds of events out. that we got to get out to. You see Wisely hustling out there on Twitter. Wisely with the nice graphics of, hey, these are the events I've commentated. This is the highest level of the tournament that I've commentated for these games. And I'm just like, what? Hi, that's cool. Can you make a graphic like that of these are the coolest and the not coolest people that I've interviewed for the podcast? <laughs> Everybody's been cool, by the way. Settle down. It's oh, all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to go and check that graphic out and maybe get, make something like that for myself. But or I'm going to tell 
I'll chat about that and they can make the graphic for me. <laughs> but anyway, respect to Wisely, man. Love the hustle. Um, yeah, might be tossing my hat in the ring for some fate commentary. Again, that's if yeah. there's an event that I go to that's huge, I want to go to fate. I think that'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to go to a European tournament and it's in my cousin's back door, and I've been meaning to go visit her. So yeah, might go. You might see me on a European stream at some point this year. But let's go. You know, That'd be cool. I always love coming out for the pod. Um, you can find me at my Hey Hada stuff. So it's Hey Hada on Twitch and Twitter. Um, I stream and play a lot of doubles with Trey and the All Chat Boys recently. So that's a good time. And at least comment here recently. League. Check it out on the YouTube and uh, follow me on Twitter, guys. Please, Twitter numbers. That'd be great. Twitter numbers. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>